0: I am so, so, so thrilled to be back. And um, this morning, I have the privilege of launching a new series that we are calling Flawed. And uh, in this series, we are peering in on the lives of some of the characters in Scripture that the Lord used most beautifully and finding that beneath it all, these were broken and messed up people. And our desire in this series is just to be reminded of the truth that... God is not as intimidated by your mess and your brokenness and your weakness as you might think. He loves to use broken and messed up people like us. Uh, I was talking to somebody in uh, New York last week about Um, My faith, which is such a privilege um, to do. And I was telling this guy, like one of the things I love about Christianity, one of the things I love about the Bible is the Bible's insistence on including counterproductive information in the Bible. Uh, it's one of the things I love about the Bible. The Bible just has no problem putting information in the Bible that I'm like, if you are trying to make up a fake religion and get people to follow it, this is counterproductive. I wouldn't put this kind of information in the Bible. Uh, this book is notorious for telling us, hey, by the way, um, the founding fathers of your faith were a bunch of cowards. When the going got tough. they bailed out on jesus and they beat their pants and they hid up in a room somewhere in jerusalem um and oh one of them just straight betrayed jesus and another one just you know c- completely denied jesus when he had the opportunity to stand up for him and oh there was this one guy he was a man after god's own heart but one time anyway Committed adultery and then covered up adultery with murder. These are the heroes of your faith. Now follow the faith. I think, well, hang on a second. Either the Bible is really terrible at making up fake stories or it may just be true. Um, one of the things I love about the Bible is that it includes stories of people and their mess and their brokenness, and their poor decisions, and these are the people God chose to use. That makes me believe the Bible, and it it makes our faith so relatable, because if God was willing to use these folks in their mess, then maybe he might be willing to use me. If, if, if God wasn't threatened or repulsed by their weaknesses and their struggle, then maybe He's willing to meet me in my weakness and my struggle. As well. So, over the next number of weeks, we're going to just kind of jump into the, the stories of different uh, biblical characters and be reminded of what kind of God ours is. And this morning, we're going to start by looking at the character who God used to bring liberation, who, who God used to set an entire nation of captives free. Um, Moses, somebody whispered it, because you are all such great biblical scholars. Um, We're going to take some time to look at the story of um, Moses. And uh, I don't know if you knew, but Moses was a man who had a well-documented issue with anger, severe anger. Anger. I'm not talking about, like, he would get upset and Christian cuss, talking about freck, shoot, dang it. Like, no, I mean, like, deep and destructive anger that led him to behaviors that I wouldn't personally think to include in this book if I was trying to get people to buy more of it. Um, so, uh, history, um, for about 400 years, the nation of Israel, which was Moses' People uh, were brutally oppressed and enslaved by the Egyptians. And um, they hated uh, the Israelites and made life incredibly miserable for them. In fact, at one point, the king put into place an edict, a law that said every boy born to an Israelite woman must be killed immediately. It was outlawed. It was a capital offense to let a Hebrew boy live and it was into that 14th century bc world of slavery and infanticide that moses was born his mom mm, strong woman i want to meet her in heaven she disregarded the king's um order and she protected her boy Moses until he was too big to hide um too noisy to hide and at that point she just entrusted him into the hands of the Lord and she put him in a little basket and put that basket at the edge of the Nile River and I imagine she just prayed God take care of my son and that God did a God who cares for the vulnerable and so of all the people Who could have discovered this fugitive baby? Guess who discovered the baby? As some of you biblical scholars know very well. It was the daughter of the infanticide king himself. It was Pharaoh's daughter. The princess of Egypt found this little baby and she fell in love. She was moved by his tears and she took him and raised him as her very own son. So needless to say, Moses grew up in the palace. With all the perks and all the privileges of a prince, which to me, it's just one of those things that just makes me chuckle at how awesome God is. He just flipped the script on this situation. I love this. Like Pharaoh, hey, 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 guess what? I'm not going to just protect this boy from you going to just provide for this boy but i'm going to protect this boy in your house and you are actually going to pay for his provision i love this as moses is raised in the palace um eventually god would use this kid uh to come back to egypt and lead his people into freedom from um, a nation that was oppressing them but as you trace the story of moses it doesn't take very long to discover he has an anger issue woo mm. when he didn't get what he desired or believed he deserved woo watch out Which by the way is what anger is. Anger is that feeling we experience when we don't get. What we desire or what we believe we deserve, when what we desire, we believe we deserve is denied, we start to feel feelings, and that feeling is anger. Now, again, I realize in the church we pretty it up, and you put some mascara on it, and we call it frustration. It's anger. It's that feeling when something gets in the way of what I desire or believe I deserve. In fact, one of the first things we learn about Moses is his anger. One of the first things is his passionate rage. We learn a bunch of things around Moses, but when Moses actually speaks and acts, one of the first things we get to know about him is woof. Um, If you have a copy of your Bible, you can turn to Exodus chapter 2. We're going to be jumping around in the book of Exodus and in Numbers a little bit. Um, You can also write these verses down, follow along on the screen if you would like. But um, Exodus chapter 2, we are going to uh, get to know Moses a little bit and some of his documented issue with anger um exodus chapter 2 verse 11 here's what it says one day after moses had grown up in the palace of course he went out to where his own people the israelites were and he watched them at their labor he saw an egyptian beating a hebrew one of his own people looking this way and that and seeing no one He killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Mm, mm -mm. I don't know if I mentioned Moses had an anger issue. He gets so angry in one of the first encounters we have with him that he murders an Egyptian, in cold blood and buries him in the sand. We're not talking about manslaughter. This wasn't some accident. Uh, This was calculated cold-blooded murder. Moses looked around, and when he thought no one was looking, he snuffed this guy's life out and put him in the ground. This was Moses, man of God. He would feel so passionately angry and he would act so explosively when he felt that. And this was one of those scenarios. And needless to say, that outburst would cost him dearly. It would ruin his life and it would sever him. From the people and the things that he loved the most. If you trace down a couple of verses. uh, Verse 15 of chapter 2. When Pharaoh, the king, heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. Where he sat down by a well. Anger issues. Because of Moses' anger anger he's now running for his life torn away from his family torn away from his friends torn away from his home and all alone moses has an anger issue now before we move on i think it may be worth pausing and noting That Moses has an anger issue, but if we're honest, so do we. So do we. Ooh, something gets in the way of what we want or what we believe we deserve. And those passionate feelings start to erupt and we explode. If we're honest. Now, here's the thing. We may not murder somebody. And so we may look at Moses and be all judgy about Momo over here and be like, oh man, he really had an anger issue. When the reality is, if we're honest, so do we. You know what I find super interesting about this story, by the way? It says when Moses saw this guy um, beating up one of his own people, he, he, he got mad. And then he looks this way and he looks that way and he thinks there's no one and he takes him out. You know, one of the scary things about this story. Is I wonder what would be true about us if we didn't get what we desired or what we believed we deserved and we believed no one would see us or ever find out. Um, I'm just saying we may have anger issues too. Um, now, again, I, I'm not saying we're going to necessarily offer, dude. That's not what I'm suggesting. But I am suggesting. That man, when we are done with our verbal attacks, we have severed relationships with people we love. Oh, I lashed out. I said some things. Now I'm, I'm on the run from my parents. Because um, I said some things in that moment of anger. Oh, I, I, I did it again in a moment of frustration and I am alone. Again. I've lost a job. Again, I'm starting over again. I hurt my kids again with my words or my actions. And I I just get so worked up. That. Mom, why are we moving again? Hey, how come we're not going to grandpa's for Thanksgiving this year? Don't worry about it. It's grown up stuff. No, you lost your mind. Something happened. And anger emerged, and you said some things in that moment, and now relationships have been severed. You have to start again. You're all alone. You are excluded from the people that you love. I'm just suggesting as we trace Moses' life, that if we're honest with ourselves, we might find, yeah, maybe I, I have an anger issue as well. Okay, but an isolated incident, an anger issue does not make. So uh, let's check in on Moses again. Flash forward about 40 years. um, Moses is still a fugitive on the run in this self-imposed exile. And God tracks him down and uh, puts a calling on his life, which I love. God shows up and he calls Moses to run this glorious errand for him. But wait a minute, like I'm an ex con though. Like I'm, I'm on the run for murder. God tracks him down nonetheless and calls him to go back to Egypt and lead the Israelites, his own people, out of slavery into freedom. Moses fights with God. Eventually, God wins. He tends to, to do that. And uh, Moses says yes. And God uses him to miraculously lead millions of people out of slavery in Egypt and into freedom. But God not only tracks Moses down and uses him to bring about freedom. God tracks Moses down and invites him into one of the most beautiful and intimate relationships. If you trace the story of Moses and God and the relationship, it speaks about them as, as communing, as friend with friend. Moses spoke as a friend speaks to a friend face to face. I don't know what that looked like, but they were super close. In fact, one story uh, talks about a time when Moses went up on a hill to spend time with God one-on-one and on that mountaintop God is just pouring his heart out to Moses telling him his desires for his people and in this incredible exchange God not only pours out his heart to Moses at one point God actually takes two tablets of stone and he takes his own finger I don't know what the finger of God looks like but apparently takes his finger and he inscribes his desires for his people into these tablets of stone and he hands them to Moses Moses. Moses is literally standing with God and holding God's inscripted words in his hands. Um, at the bottom of the hill, by the way, while all of this is happening, the Israelites are losing their minds. They know very well that Moses has gone up to the mountain to meet with God and bring back to us the words of God, the desires of God to tell us what God wants for us. But then they start to get restless. They start to get impatient and they start to say, hmm. Moses is taking too long God is taking too long And so they agreed that the right thing to do is to Create their own God Because God is taking too long Crazy Israelites uh, Except how we often do that ourselves God is taking too long to bring the thing I desire So I'm going to create a different But anyway so they create this golden calf. They take all of the golden bling and they melt it and they shape this golden calf and, and they, they declare it God. And they start to worship this golden calf and they lose their minds. They get down and dirty. They start partying, drinking and dancing in front of this golden calf. Moses is up the top of the mountain and God tells Moses, hey, just to give you a heads up, here's what's happening down below. And then Moses eventually makes his way to the bottom of the um, mountain. And this is what happens. Uh, Exodus chapter 32, um, verse 19. Exodus 32, verse 19. You can look at it up here on the screen. It says, when Moses approached the camp at the bottom of the mountain and saw this golden calf and saw the dancing his anger burned moses hated dancing um just kidding that's that's the Baptists. but anyway so um, <laughs> it says he saw the dancing and his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain, like, oh, maybe he tripped and he dropped them out of frustration. No, 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 no. He shattered these rocks. That's how hard he threw them down in his anger. Verse 20, he took it a step further. Too far, if you ask me a little detail, I wouldn't add in the Bible, if I was trying to get people to follow um, Jesus. Verse 20, and he took the calf the people had made and he burned it in the fire. And then he waited for it to dry, and then he ground it into powder, and then he scattered it on the water and made the Israelites drink it. Ooh, how mad do you have to be? (laughs) This dude is so mad. Wow. He gets so mad, he breaks the Bible. Like on the ground, the word of God just crack that thing shatters after a month and a half of being with god in his presence and god wrote with his own hand his word and moses in a moment of rage just shatters the word of god i don't care and that's not again as we saw in this passage the only thing moses breaks the bible says he breaks that golden calf <laughs> he takes the time i kind of imagine <laughs> just crushes the gold and then puts it in water and makes the people drink the golden (laughs) kool-aid how mad do you have to be moses loses his mind doesn't even care precious words of god whatever gold bling whatever i don't care did i mention moses had an anger issue now before we start picking up broken pieces of tablet And throwing it at Mo, uh, can we just pause and maybe check ourselves? Because I think if we're honest, um, some of us, just like Moses, have a track record of getting careless mad. And we'll just destroy precious things. If we're honest, I'm just asking. Does your anger tend to get to that careless place? That place where you scream, whether out loud or in your heart, I don't care. I'm mad. I don't care. That was Moses, that honey badger don't care anger. He loses perspective and reason. You couldn't talk to him at this point. It's irrational. He's so mad. And I'm just wondering. Don't you get to that place where careless mad? Honey, please think about the kids. They can literally hear you right now. I don't care. I don't care what this does to their picture of love. I don't care what this does to their sense of safety that we have spent years building up. I'm mad. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what this vitriolic post Does to my reputation or my future employment opportunities. I'm so mad right now. I don't care. I'm just asking. But you saved up for two years to buy that flat screen. I don't care. This remote control and that flat screen have an appointment. And it shall be kept. I don't care. I don't care what damage this does to his body because I'm mad right now and I'm going to lash out. I don't care. I'm mad. I don't care how long my parents have taken care of me. I'm mad at them right now. So I hate you. I don't care. Just, just asking. You, you will regret this. I'm telling you, you will regret this. Please pause and think about this. I don't care. You know you can't re-inscribe those tablets once you drop. I don't care. I'm mad right now. I'm just saying, before we go judging Momo, ask the question, does your anger tend to get to the place where you say, I don't care? Let me be more specific. Does your anger ever get to the place where you say, I don't care what God has said? Because that's what Moses does. In this moment, doesn't he? In a moment, he takes the inscribed words of the living God, his friend, and he just shatters those suckers. I don't care what God has to say. I'm going to cuss her out. But the Lord says, I don't care what the Lord says. I'm mad right now. No, 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 I'm, re- I'm going to say this about that political party because I'm mad right now. But do you want to think about what Jesus, I don't care what Jesus has said right now. But he says you should forgive. I don't care about forgiving. He's going to pay for the pain he imposed on me. He is going to taste the bitter waters of gold Kool-Aid. He is going to pay. I don't care. I don't care what the Lord has to say. I'm just asking, do you ever get to the place where your anger is like, I just don't even care right now. And maybe we can relate to Moses more than we think. Moses had an anger issue like us. In case you need a little more uh, convincing, let's look at one more incident. Flash forward a, a number of years beyond um, the gold Kool-Aid situation. And uh, for this, we're going to need to jump out of the book of um, exodus and um into the book of numbers and uh we'll have this again up on the screen we're going to be in numbers chapter 20 you can feel free to um to head there but here's the context so uh one of the things that happened as moses was leading uh the people of israel through the desert is they would experience these shortages of water understandably and when they would face these many droughts, the Israelites would do this thing where they would come to Moses and they would blame him for it like it was his fault. In fact, they wouldn't just tell him it was his fault. They would tell him, we think you're trying to kill us. In fact, we think that you came to Egypt to get us out of Egypt, out of slavery and into the wilderness so you could kill us by somehow cutting off the water supply. They just, just unreasonable. They would accuse Moses of this. Um, there's one occasion in Exodus chapter 17 that's recorded where the people do this thing to him like Moses. Our kids are dying, our livestock is dying, and this is your fault. You did this to us. And to Moses' credit, on this particular occasion, he takes his feelings, he takes his anger into the presence of God and says, God, please help. And God gives one of his no way God solutions. Uh, He tells Moses on this particular occasion, all right, I'll take care of it. Here's what I'm going to do. And by the way, P.S., God will always take care of it but god takes care of it in this particular situation in style he tells moses here's what i want you to do i want you to take that staff that rod in your hand, and i want you to walk up to that big rock in the desert and i want you to strike the rock and water will come out ah. Man, I'm telling you, sometimes following God is is, is weird and awkward. But when you've seen God do enough stuff, you just take him at his word. And Moses does that. He walks up to the rock and he hits it. And water comes gushing out. And the people drink and they're satisfied and they're thrilled with Moses. Moses, you rock. Which is where the saying came from um, originally. No, it's not. But anyway, um, flash forward. A number of years. And they run into another one of their water shortages. And the same thing. They come to Moses. You're trying to kill us. You're trying to kill our children. Blah, 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 blah. They accuse Moses. They blame him of doing this. And Moses starts to feel his feelings. And he goes into the presence of God and says, God, would you please help? And God in God's style gives one of his no you didn't, only God type of solutions. And this time he tells Moses, I want you to take that stick." and i want you to walk up to a massive rock in front of all of the people and this time i want you to speak to the rock and when you do water's going to come gushing out and people are going to drink and it's going to be okay first of all if you just read the bible in real time like stories like this are just kind of, how awkward is that like moses in front of everybody walks up to that thing hey Dwayne Johnson, up <laughs> so, so rock. Um, can we have some water, please? Um, that's his job. Um, but on this, okay. Well, let me show it to you. You've got to see this. This is Numbers um, chapter. Uh, this is Numbers chapter twenty, verse seven. Uh, As the Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses, verse 9, took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. So far, so good. Verse 10, my word. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. Now he's improvising. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and pop, pop, struck the rock twice with his staff. And water gushed out. And the community and their livestock drank. Moses is mad. He loses his stuff again in front of everybody again. You want water? This is what you want? Are you entertained? Pop, pop, And he just starts to hit a rock that's done nothing whatsoever to him. I don't know if we mentioned Moses. Anger. Notice, by the way, in the grace of God, he still provides water for everybody out of this battered rock. But this outburst would cost him more than any other outburst in his life. And I never know what each outburst is going to cost me. But this one would cost him dearly but again before I go laughing at it and mocking Moses and, and judging his little tantrum let me ask you do you ever hurt mad do you ever hurt angry talking necessarily about careless mad now i'm talking about like do you ever do you ever hurt mad do do your emotional wounds ever lash out in rage because i think that's what's happening with moses here he is masking his hurt with anger Now, in telling this story about Moses, let me just be upfront with you. I did with Moses what we often do with each other. I skipped all the background and all the context, and I just went to the part where Moses lost his mind and he started beating on a rock. And we're like, oh, what? Yeah, he just got mad at a rock and started hitting that thing. Flew off the handle. But if we took time with each other, and if we took time with ourselves, and if we took time with Moses we would actually learn that there was more behind the story. Do you know how Numbers chapter 20 begins? I'll I'll tell you. In fact, you can see it for yourself. Numbers 20 verse 1. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin and they stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam... Moses's big sister died and was buried. Verse two. Now there was no water for the community. And the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. And they quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. I'm just saying, if you read this story. You quickly realize, oh, before he lost his righteous mind, he lost his older sister. And before he had a moment to grieve, here come the Israelites at his tent. Talking about, this is your fault. And they say to him. If only we had died when our siblings died and Moses was like, too soon. Ooh, too soon. A little bit too raw. And it just comes flooding out when he's standing in front of the rock with that stick. The battered rock actually started with a broken heart. Sky's got anger issues. But if we look beneath the surface, we start to understand it a little bit more. Do you ever hurt mad? While I'm dealing with this painful situation in my marriage, here comes my boss talking about the K-cup crisis of 2019 at the Keurig machine at the office. I lost it. And everybody was like, ooh, she's so mad about coffee. Oh, really, though? Is it really about coffee? My friends keep mocking me at school and they're telling me that my fashion sense isn't quite in right now. And they mock me and they mock me every day. I'm dealing with this mockery and I come home and the first thing you say to me, mom, is pick up your clothes. Pick up your clothes. Ah, oh, you're going to mouth off now about picking up your clothes. But there may be more. Do you ever hurt mad? Mad. And I think about kids in particular, it's like, I don't even know why I'm mad. I don't even know what's hurting. All I can feel is I just want to hit a rock, and I just want to mouth off, and I just want to say something. I love the context this gives us to Moses' anger. Because anger issue is sometimes just a broken heart lashing out. Anger is often pain disguised as aggression. You don't have water, I don't have my sister. Shut up, I win. He had to have been feeling some of that. Have you ever considered that there may be rejection or betrayal or insecurity behind your verbal tirade? Something you desired to get that you are not getting. Something you believe you deserved in your marriage that you are not getting. And your way of dealing with it is just to rage. Mad. I'm the man in this house. Like no one said you weren't, honey. I feel insecure and invisible right now. Like, oh. I hate sharing your dad's time with you snotty kids. It bothers me, right? But all we get is... The outburst and the expression. Moses had an issue with anger. And at times it was the way that he dealt with hurt. And I think that's true for some of us if we would pause long enough to ask the question, what's really going on here? But here's one of the things that I think we learn In looking at Moses's life, because as I've looked at some of Moses's anger issues, one of the things that occurred to me is that, man, anger is not actually the issue. We're in a series that we're calling flawed and we're looking at some of the different struggles and the weaknesses of of different folks. And today we're talking about Moses and it could be tempting to say Moses had a flaw called anger, but anger is not actually a flaw. Anger is not actually the issue as you study these scenes and you look at them. Anger is not actually the issue and I'm telling you for some of you. I trust there'll be some freedom brought in realizing that this anger itself is not the issue it's just an internal announcement telling you you are not getting something that you desire or believe that you deserve psa that's all anger is it's just alerting you to something that's going on something that is being disrupted or denied that's not a flaw it's just a mark of humanity in fact i want to go further here in the house of the lord and say this i look at moses as a life and one of the things is is i see is it's not just that anger is not the issue anger can actually be a beautiful thing wait did he just say anger beautiful in church yeah he's been gone a while he's just getting back into it No, there is beauty in anger. There was beauty in Moses' anger if you look closely enough. And I want to say to some of you, there is beauty in your anger if you are willing to look closely enough. Um, remember that one time Moses killed a dude? Not good. Don't do that. Not recommended behavior. Why did Moses kill a dude? Because he was mad. He has an anger issue. Okay, why was he mad? Because he wasn't getting something that he desired. What was the thing that he desired? Well, apparently he desired justice for an oppressed people. That's what was at the heart of Moses' anger. We always talk about Moses and and how he killed that guy, but we rarely talk about how Moses hated the oppression and the enslavement of vulnerable people. In fact, the picture painted in Exodus is one in which Moses would frequently go to these labor sites, these labor camps, and just observe. And one day it just got a lot for him. It angered him because he desired their freedom and equality. There was beauty in his anger. And if you want to know what God thought about it, oof. Years later, God would track Moses down in exile. And he would say to Moses, "Hey, guess what? Yes, I am going to give you the thing that you desired. What thing? The freedom of your oppressed people." The issue Was never your anger. The issue was how you tried to do my job. And you stepped into a realm that was not yours. But the thing that angered you. Was actually the way that I intended to call you to something. Moses' calling was tucked away in his anger. The very thing that drove him crazy was the thing God said, I am raising you up to use you to address the thing that makes you angry. And church, if we get into the habit of saying, oh, you have an anger issue, we need to get our kids to, to stop being angry. We may actually miss the places where God is telling us what he's calling us to. To start to ask the question, what is the thing that I find myself getting angry about often? And for some of us, we may find that's tucked in there. It's something that God has a desire to use you in to bring about incredible change. I love that. Now go back, Moses. Let's get what you desired, but let's do it my way. The problem was not your anger. The problem was that you tried to deal with it your way instead of my way. And I just wonder what things may be tucked away in the places of some of our deepest frustration. Moses one time broke the sacred tablets of God's word. Why? Because he was mad. Why? Because he wasn't getting something he desired. What did he desire? He actually desired the honor of the name of God. God. It drove him crazy that this God who has liberated us from captivity is now a God you're going to throw away for some golden animal. Moses was enraged. In fact, he tells us that if you read that story, God, what are people going to say about you? What are people going to say about your name? And at the heart of this anger issue was this righteous indignation for what was right and what was honoring to the living God. There was beauty in the anger of Moses. And if there's any question what God thought about that, God actually eventually punished the entire nation for what they did. The very thing Moses was angry About And I'm just saying for some of us, if we pause long enough, we may find we are mad about things that God is mad about. Things that veer from the design of God. We may look at the political landscape and find ourselves saying, how can this be? And we get mad and start trying to get to the vitriolic. God is saying, hang on a second. What you are mad about, I'm actually mad about. And I will deal with it. My way. For some of you, you're actually angry about good things. The things that anger you about your kids are actually good things. That's not the issue. For many of us, it's actually when we then try and take things into our own hands and we make it about us. As a parent, by the way, I need to say that more. I, I deal with my kids expressions of anger i never take the time i need to grow more and what's behind it what's happening what are you saying what's going on in this place and i need to do that with myself as well there's often beauty in the anger but we cannot close without saying there is often danger in the anger Uh, not in what we feel but in what we choose. Moses' issue wasn't the anger he felt, it was the decisions he made when he was angry. God didn't have a problem with Moses feeling angry about injustice or rebellion or, or loss or even feeling angry about the Israelites are so annoying. Okay. That's just what you feel. What are you going to do now? My roommates annoying. Okay. Now what? God had a problem with what Moses chose to do. The danger is not what your anger feels. It's what your anger does. The danger comes when my anger says, I refuse to wait. I will do God's job for him. I don't care. He's taking too long to deal with this situation. So I'm going to lash out and deal with it myself. That's where the danger comes in. And no matter what you feel, God will never excuse your actions just because you were mad. Sometimes we say that like it's a justification, but I was so mad. Uh, Moses struck the rock in the desert and that outburst was a deal breaker for God. God was so furious with Moses for that action that he told him, you will not get the thing you want most on earth to enter the promised land. That's huge. Not because of his anger but uh, because his choice revealed that he didn't trust God and I am telling you there is beauty and power in anger because it's always an opportunity to trust God always what God wants with my anger is to 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 meet me in it and for me to trust him with it when I feel it to trust him with it, verse 12, Numbers chapter 20. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me, He didn't say, Because you were mad, because you didn't trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I have given you. It doesn't matter how much you're hurting or feel passionate or triggered, God will never excuse. My sinful behavior. But every time I'm angry, it's his invitation. Will you trust me with this? Because I want to use you in some places. And I want to meet you and heal some of the hurts that are being revealed in your anger. Will you trust me with it? Team, you guys can come on out. We're going to just sing and worship this incredible God Of ours as we close, but some of us need to be reminded of a number of things sinning because I was mad is never going to fly with God, but we also need to be reminded that saying I have an anger issue and then throwing it out and saying I'm just trying to work on feeling less angry. It's not the solution either because sometimes it's in the anger that God wants to meet you and tell you some things about what he's created and called you for. And it's in your anger that God maybe wants to come in and heal you of wounds from your childhood that are just raging to the surface in those moments. But anger is an opportunity to come to God and say, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want to heal in me? What do you want to call me to right now? And God used Moses even though he struggled with his feelings of anger. Because more often than not, Moses would bring it to God and trust him with it. And I think that's the invitation for all of us by the way i've got we just got to brag on jesus and some of you have heard me share this before one of the the most beautiful parts of this story is man moses just strikes this rock in it and god just is super furious with that and yet that whole interaction is our very hope this morning it's this invitation to bring all we are and to bring our anger to the feet of jesus who is willing to cover who is willing to heal who is willing to use us because i love this i think one of the reasons god was mad with moses for striking the rock was because of jesus i think it was ultimately about not dwayne johnson but jesus the rock because in the midst of our own drought and famine that sin brought about and we were leading towards death. God said, I'm going to send one of my no way God solutions and you're going to love this. It's going to be my son, Jesus himself. And Jesus came to earth and Jesus went to the cross and on the cross, Jesus was struck. And when the rock was struck, out of him flowed forgiveness and out of him flowed life and out of him flowed hope for anyone who needed it. But the beauty of Jesus is he will only be struck once. And after that, you only need to speak to him for life, for hope. So when Moses struck the rock a second time, God said, not my son. He will be struck once. And beyond that, he will generously give life and freedom and hope and healing to anyone who just speaks to him. And I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you're carrying But there's an invitation on the table. Jesus, if you speak to him, will give you life. Jesus, if you speak to him, will give you forgiveness. Jesus, if you speak to him, will give you hope. Jesus, if you bring your anger to him, will repurpose and direct and show us all that it is he wants us to do with it if we would just come to him. Once you stand with me, I will pray and then we will sing as we come back to Jesus. Father, Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you use us in our mess and in our wrestling and in our struggle. Thank you that you've made us emotional beings and we are oftentimes going to feel anger. Help us not to be shamed because we feel anger. But help us to be invited by our anger to come to you and ask you what do you want to do in this? What do you want to do with this? Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' incredible name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.